When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Congratulations, you found it. You know what time it is. This is New York Game Day. It's three hours of the most informative and entertaining NFL news in the league. Welcome in. It is New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you, Matthias Kiwanuka, former Giant great. Super Bowl champion joins us now on the program. We're with you for the next three hours, uh, and uh, we've we've got uh, a jam-packed show for you, getting you ready. Of course, we'll recap what happened with the Giants yesterday. Uh, we're going to hear from Rich Samini. We're going to hear from Jordan Renan, Vic Carucci, who covers the Bills, Todd Archer, who covers the Cowboys. Uh, of course, Mike Tannenbaum is always. Uh, but good morning, good morning, Kiwi, and uh, not not a great morning, obviously, for a Definitely lot of Giants fans morning, out but... there. Is we know. Nope. They lost 38 to seven, as we know. And, and, and just uh, l- let me tee it up for you this way. Cause we spent three hours yesterday really previewing this game and talking about the keys. And we both agreed the key to winning and beating the Eagles is getting after Jalen hurts, roughing him up 26 pass blocking snaps for that Eagles offensive line. And one, well, it's interesting because ESPN stats says, McKinney had one sack. I didn't see a sack in the game. Uh, PFF said that they have no, they had no sacks, no hits, only one pressure. Uh, Jalen Hurts was only pressured 4% of his dropbacks, which is the second lowest since they started, um, you know, ev- like uh, keeping this type of statistic, right? Uh, the best protection ever in the history of again when they started evaluating or or logging this 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 stat uh, was back in 2019 with the 49ers and 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 just watching the game you just saw right there was always like five six sometimes seven guys on that offensive line yep. protecting Jalen Hurts so I don't think here's the thing I don't think our evaluation or our our analysis was wrong it's just you've got to commend the Eagles and you've got to commend Sirianni and you've got to commend that offensive line because mm-hmm. what they did was protect Jalen Hurts. Absolutely. I think when, when you when you go back and, and watch this game, uh, one of the first things that stands out on the defensive side, you know, because they started off with the ball, there was just no edge to the defense. There was no top to the defense. And then, you know, that created opportunities up the middle. It was almost as though the script was – you know, they just came out and everything on the script worked and they never had to, never had to change. When you look at um, the way that Philly got it done, 100%, they protected. This, this game was won and lost in the trenches. You have to give a lot of mm-hmm. credit um, to the Philadelphia Eagles offensive and defensive line. And what it, it, what it struck me or what it reminded me of is the fact that, you know, I always say iron sharpens iron. You know, can you imagine this offensive line and this defensive line all throughout this year battling it out? Multiple players, four players with with double digit sacks on the defensive line. That offensive line has seen it. They've seen everything that um, defensive linemen have to throw at them, and they've been able to you know compete with this defensive group in practice. and And it showed out there today. You know, those are two 
very good um, offensive and defensive lines. You know, before we talk about the negatives or you know where the Giants went wrong, you got to give credit to um, you know to the people who went out there and and won, and they they took it. It was uh, and 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 also like you know when you when a team goes up twenty eight nothing, right? Now now the entire game your, your game. T- plan changes every every their game plan changes now talk about that when you're when you're going up against a team especially in the playoffs especially a team as good as the eagles and all of a sudden you look on the scoreboard and they're up 28 nothing what what, yeah. what happens to that to 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 that opponent who who has scored no points you you tend to get outside of yourself so even with the sidelines so play calling can become different um, people can start to panic get a little nervous and so as a player especially a veteran player um, what you're trying to do is calm everybody down, get everybody to understand that there's a lot of time left in this game and just to get them to do their own thing. Because one of the, the biggest things that can kill a defense is when you have two people doing the same job. Oh, why were, you, why were you doing this? Well, because he didn't get there on the last play. And then it just opens up a huge can of worms. Everybody has to be able to calm down and do their job and, and trust that, you know, the signal callers are going to be in the same mindset. I mean, I did like, you know, the the fight. You know, I thought Daniel Jones, he was hanging in the pocket. I know he hung onto the ball a little bit longer than, than most people wanted him to, but I believe he was waiting and trying to, you know, sacrifice himself to take the hit so that he could, you know, give him time to get something happening. Because the other part of this, um, when you look at Philadelphia and the teams that I played on, because I always used to try to give a lot of credit to the guys in the back, the coverage was, was also very good. So it wasn't, you know, the offensive and defensive line, I, I believe, you know, won and lost the game. But that secondary for um, Philadelphia and Bradbury specifically, he had a chip on his shoulder. He came back and got that ball. Um, their, their secondary did a, an amazing job. You know, there were limited places for Daniel to go with the ball. Um and uh, he was getting harassed all night. Um, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and, and we had the caller who called in yesterday and said, well, you know, Daniel's, if Daniel goes out there and he has a bad game, you know, all those, all those Daniel Joan, Jones haters are going to call into the radio show tomorrow. I, 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 I pray to God they don't, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I, I just I feel like, you know, this again when a team goes up 28 nothing what happens it it now it takes away Saquon Barkley from the equation mm-hmm. because now now you're pressing and you become one dimensional mm-hmm. and you know there's very few quarterbacks uh, maybe just a handful in the NFL that can thrive playing one dimensional football and that's passing the ball 800-919-3776 let's go to Lou calling in from Wayne Lou welcome in good morning <laughs> Hey, uh, good morning, guys. Um, I got a couple things to say. Um, Just saying, New York sports is back. We have a positive in all New York, through hockey, through basketball, through baseball as well, and also through football. But I don't think this season is a disappointment. I believe it's more of a uh, where are we? How how are we going to produce next next year and if it's a positive no it's basically going to lead us to a uh let's say multiple division titles i don't want to drink and say multiple super bowls but i'm mo- just saying nfc t- uh, the nfc title division hasn't been repeated in the past what 30 years so hopefully these giants um you know see they have a good squad hopefully they resign mostly everybody add 
dynamic players. Um, we'll make sure draft good players, but hopefully um, this is not all the, the last visit in the playoffs. Hopefully there's more after this. Thanks for the call, guys. Lou, thank you. You know, Kiwi, I, and I said this in the first hour, you know, I, I know that Giants fans are waking up this morning and they're really disappointed. I, I don't think you and I thought that the Giants were going to win. We just thought it would be a more competitive game. I thought for sure the Giants would cover. You wake up to this kind of score, you know, it doesn't sit well, right? It's more the score and the fact that, you know, the dog really wasn't in the fight at all last night. It was, it was let's be honest, it was, it was a pretty much, it was a horrible game, especially if you're a Giants fan. Um, but what, what are the positives? Like, I, I think there are a lot of positives. Giants went further than we expected. We talked about it. They were playing with house money coming into this matchup. But, but talk about the experience that this team now has heading into next season with the fact that they not played in one but two playoff games. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So as soon as the game was over, one of the first thoughts I had was, this is the worst loss that I'm willing to celebrate. And the reason I felt that way is because, um, you know, it was – Obviously, they were out of it from the very beginning. Like you said, this game was was lost, you know, early on. Um, but you know, there still was hope, and within the game, there were still a, a lot of things to point to. There was still a lot of fight. There was still a lot of leadership. There was still a lot of poise being shown. Um, but I was looking at it from the course of like the season, right? So we had a couple of things that we needed to you know, to figure out, and you know, contracts and this and that. But um, the reality was it, nobody in that locker room had been to the playoffs, at least not with the Giants. You know, and it's, it's a young team. What this does, um, I believe, is not, not only does it leave a you know, sour taste in the mouth of the guys who are coming back, but it gives them, like you said, that experience, that playoff experience, two games into the playoffs, you know, going on the road, playing in one of the most hostile environments, especially for an NFC East player uh, team. I mean, you – you are setting the stage. I mean, I know the caller is very optimistic and, you know, talking about NFC championships and, and this and that, but um, he's on to something in the fact that, you know, this group of guys, when they come back next year, they're going to have this experience and they're going to understand how to prepare for the playoffs and, and how to make a run. And, um, you know, the pieces are there. 800-919-3776. We come back, uh, we'll share some some uh, some statistics, not statistics, but uh, what what were some of the lines out there as well? You know, one thing we did see as well, Matthias, was they were able to run the football effectively against the Giants. But we were expecting that. Maybe maybe not to this extent, but we were expecting that. Uh, we'll share those numbers with you when we get back. And, of course, we'll take your calls. Giants fans, you want to call in. Your thoughts. You know, again, disappointed that they lost to the Eagles in this fashion, yes. But on the opposite side, what's the silver lining here? You know, this is a Giants team that went a lot further, did a lot more than any of us could have expected heading into the season. Let's hear from you. 800-919-3776. Anita Marks, Matthias Kiwanuka, and you on New York Game Day, 98.7 ESPN. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. And they should be Giants doing more than... uh, than what was expected. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, again, I, I think it's more of, like, how the game unfolded yesterday, right? Like, mm-hmm. e- even if, you know, it, it just, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't sting so bad if this was just a complete beatdown, right? I mean, I don't know about you. Like, I stopped paying attention to the game at 28-0. At, at nothing. I was just like, there's just, there's no, there, you, there's no coming back at 28 nothing. I mean, granted, yeah. you say, well, look what, look what, you know, Jacksonville was able to do. Uh, with the Chargers, yeah, two different teams. It was it was very different, and at, at that point when it became twenty eight nothing, that drive, th- there was 
there was no stopping them, right? So there's no edge to the defense. They they were just running around and then running through. And so it didn't give – it wasn't like there was a chunk play or, or something um, dramatic that happened that we could say, okay, if we take that one play off, you know, this this drive wasn't so bad. It was <laughs> – watching it again, it, it got worse, you know? So um, – so definitely the 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 manner in which they lost stings, right? Yes, the um the the fact that it was in the division and there was all this hype and everything like that 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 definitely hurts. But um you know and you, and you we have to we have to spend some time looking at it and trying to figure out what went wrong before um or the, the players do before they actually move on and put it behind them. But eventually they are going to have to. But um you know same thing. Gotta give credit to Philadelphia. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Again, Jalen Hurts, uh, 16 to 24, only 24 passing attempts, 154 yards and two touchdowns. He rushed nine times for 34 yards. And again, I'll, I'll go back to uh, what I said when, when I opened up the show, Kiwi, and that is he played smart football, right? Like not only did they give him unbelievable protection, mm-hmm. he only ran the ball when, when, it, when it was safe to do so. And mm-hmm. whenever there was a giant player that was anywhere like within three yards of him, he went down. And you don't typically see that with Jalen Hurts. Right. Like you typically you see him go for that extra yard, you know, try, you know, he's he's thick. He's a thick dude. Like, you know, you see him try to get, you know, you know, he's not stepping out of bounds. He's trying to get like a a few more yards. And so we didn't see that yesterday with him. He just played smart football from like top to bottom. You've got to give the Eagles credit for what how, how they played out this game. Kenneth Gainwell, 112 yards. Miles Sanders, 90 yards. Uh, Boston Scott, the giant killer, another touchdown, his 11th touchdown against the Giants in his career. Uh, Kiwi, they gave up 268 rushing yards. But again, we talked about it. Their game plan coming in, trying to get after Jalen Hurts, it's going to leave some things, it's going to leave them vulnerable in some other areas, and obviously it was against the rush, right? But not not like that. I mean, we talked about, yes, leaving leaving yourself a little bit vulnerable. You know, I, was, <laughs> I was speaking I was spe- speaking about, you know, like those midfield throws, but no, this is this is a different this is, this is a different outcome. This was they were physically relocating defensive alignment. Like they were, you know, imposing their will, you know. And I thought Jalen Hurts got to give him credit. He did play a tremendous game, right? But um that offensive line was able to protect them. And you could look at other quarterbacks and be like, oh, why don't you play like that? Nah, because not everybody has protection like that. I mean, he, he, there were walls built around him, um, mm-hmm. you know, and they never they were never behind, obviously. So he wasn't ever pressing. They were never even behind the sticks, if I if I remember correctly. So they, he was never really pressing. 
So you got to give some of that credit to you know the, the rest of the team and then their their defense for keeping you know our offense out of the end zone for so long. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know that his shoulder has been proven to be healthy yet. He can obviously throw the ball, but he's very concerned with you know putting that shoulder on the ground and and so um, you know the the game plan that we talked about could have possibly still worked you know you got to hit him you got to get to him you got to be able to get pressure you got to get him uncomfortable he was never uncomfortable and they he couldn't barely ever hit yeah nope uh 800-919-3776 let's go to jay in queens jay welcome in good morning hi good morning guys um uh, well it was a rough it was a rough game to watch i think as a giant fan we were disappointed because we wanted it to be competitive but i think we were realistic uh, the eagles are just an elite team they're built for the super bowl and this giant team besides the two acquisitions they made, won four games last year. You know, so I can't complain uh, throughout the whole season. You know, every game mattered. You know, we had meaningful football all the way in November and December. We went on the road, and we got the perfect. And so, you know, yeah, it's disappointing, but I think we answered a lot of questions, especially in, in you know, leadership. We have a coach that I think we have faith in as fans and GM, and we have a quarterback that we know we can win with. And, uh you know, I think more questions were answered um, through this season, and it gives us faith and hope. And as a long-suffering Giants fan, you know, that, I think that's what we want. We want to bring it back to having, you know, our team be playing for football all the way through the season and, and give us hope as fans that, you know, we got, we, got, we got what it takes to win a championship again. Thank you, guys. Enjoy the weekend and the games. Thank you. You got it. Let's go to Vinny. Vinny, welcome in. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? Um, I, I think the Giants overall this season, the Giants overall this season, uh, it did pretty good. I mean, last season was four and thirteen. Um, this season, I think they proved the point. You know that we're uh, where Daniel Jones is there to fill Eli Manning's spot. That's got to be a tough a, a tough spot to fill. You know, so I think he did overall good this year. You know, I think we're 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 looking good for next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Vinny. Totally agree. Uh, let's go to Johnny in the Bronx. Johnny, welcome in. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Are you there? Yep. Good morning, Johnny. How you doing? Yeah, Hello. yeah. Johnny, you're on. Go ahead. What you, hey, what, I'm sorry. I'm ahead, so Johnny. sorry. Uh, I'm curious. What did you That's think okay. about the play calling in the first half of this game? I was really surprised. I said Quan only had four touches in the first half. Your thoughts? And uh, Let's go Niners. Yeah, I think, I think the, the um, play calling was um, was hampered by the the circumstances, the situations, right? So you're behind, you're you're pressing yeah. a little bit, and then you know you just, they could just never get their ground. It, it just it was a non-starter. And and you know that's that's what we've been talking about, you know. And and you and you got didn't you get the feel like it, it, like just after that first series. And how the Eagles were able to move down the field and score. I want to say, was it Dallas Goddard scored the first touchdown, mm-hmm. and you, you just you just got the feeling like, oh no, said, uh, this is <laughs> they're, they're not getting after him. That first drive, yeah. I said, I said, uh oh, but you know, but I was still optimistic because I was like, well, he hasn't been hit yet. Let's <laughs> let's see how let's see how the next series plays out, and then you know, we we can't get it done, and then. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but that second one coming out, I mean, they, that's what I was talking about. Then it became, you know, a physical display, you know, and they were just dominating the, the line of scrimmage and moving the ball down the field, running it inside, outside, each, both ways. Like it, was, um, it was it was, definitely rough. 
And they were able to do it in the passing game as well, uh, and, and that was early. They were able to get their passes uh, completed early, and then, of course, once you're up 28 nothing, now just run the football and eat up time of possession. Devontae Smith, six, six receptions for 61 yards and a touchdown. Dallas Goddard, five for 58 and a touchdown. So um, so there's that. <laughs> and now, uh, now the Eagles are sitting back and waiting to see who does win uh, between um, the Dallas Cowboys and, and the 49ers. Uh, let me ask you this. If you're, if, if, if you're the Eagles, would you, are you looking or would you rather play Dallas a third time? Or would you rather, or, or do you want 49 who do, you, who do you think the Eagles players, who would you rather play if you were an yeah. Eagles player? I'd, I'd rather go 49ers um, right now when you get into really um, hmm. yeah there's something there's something about like Brock Purdy to me I thought I think he's done a, a tremendous job but there was um, a moment in that first half of, of last week's game where you know he, he wasn't 100 percent he has a lot of weapons but I believe like if it comes down to um, him you know driving down the field and making the call making the plays you know there's there's opportunity there um, when you talk about those divisional opponents and um, Dallas specifically, I mean those things, you know, they can go one way or the other. You know, there's a lot of history there in between both of these these two teams and, and stuff like that. But um, I think there's just there's there's something missing in San Fran. They, they were the ones that I picked recently to to win the whole thing, um, but there's just something missing. Hmm. Let's go to Kim in Harlem. Kim, you're up. Welcome. Oh, good morning. I love you, Anita. Absolutely. There's just one thing I want to remind the Giants fans of. Oh, I really do. I have a lot of respect for you. you got to remember the <laughs> thrill of, of victory. It takes so long and such an arduous trek to that to get to that point, and we will get there. I remember in the past when we for our lives, we couldn't beat the Rams, we couldn't beat the 49ers, but each year you saw us get better. Now we have to face the beast from the East. I cannot and the Eagles, nor the Cowboys. But at least we have the pieces, and it's going to happen. That's what makes the thrill of winning victory so sweet because it takes so long, unfortunately. But once it happens, we will be on top again. We will. That's what I have to say. Preach, preach, preacher, preach. Can I get a witness up in here? Kim, thank you. I I was there year (laughs) after year, those damn Rams and those 49ers, but we finally, finally did it. So just keep your chins up, New York. And finally, we have good management. We have have a good coach. We have a good gym. It's going to happen. And we're going to just slice those wings off the Eagles one year. Don't worry. It's going to happen. Let them laugh now. Kim, thanks for the phone now. call. Uh, I, I think that's 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 the, that, that's the phone call we needed this morning. Yeah. Let's go but to that, Mike. He's in a car. In Mike, welcome in. Good morning. Welcome into New York Game Day. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Anita, love you. Key, thanks for the championship. Um, I was just talking on the line with the guy into the phone. Um, I feel like the game was kind of won and lost in the trenches. Um the, the Eagles' defensive and offensive lines were just – they were on fire. They, we couldn't really do nothing. And I felt like um, the, their defensive line made Daniel, Daniel a little jittery in the pocket. Um, they were about – in about the third quarter or so, uh, they were showing um, – like they were talking about how no one was getting open and they were showing replays. And to be honest, in those replays, it looked like the guys were open. Um, but they weren't showing the pocket, so it was hard to make a, a, a decision sitting back. But 
all in all, in the season, um, obviously this game left uh, a little bit of a bad taste in everyone's mouth, a little unsatisfied for everyone. Um, but the good thing is is the, the, the rest of the season made us feel real good. So um, love Daniel Jones, love Debo, love what we got going on. Can't wait to see where it goes. And uh, thanks again for taking my call, guys. Bye. You're welcome. I, th- I think, you got I it, think Mike. the caller had uh, a point. There's go, a I'm sorry, of- go ahead, Kiwi. There was a lot of indecision out there, like on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. There was a couple times when I saw Thibodeau out there in space, and and he looked a, you know, a little flat-footed and confused as to you know whether or not he was you know taking the right man in the in this formation. Um, and then on the offensive side of the ball, I, I think I, I understand what the caller is saying in terms of you know Daniel Jones needed about an extra second than normal to process it, and maybe some of those throws could have been made or he could have forced it in there, but he just didn't seem confident enough to, you know, like he wasn't playing like with that same confidence that he had last week. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to take your calls, 800-919-3776. Also, uh, we're going to touch uh, touch base with Rick Sim- Rich Samini, who covers the Jets. Of course, he's got a great podcast, um, Flight Deck. Hopefully, uh, you tune into it. We'll get an update. What's going on with their offensive uh, coordinator search? And, uh, and, of course, all the news out there with the, uh, the quarterback situation. Who possibly comes to New York? Who will be the Jets' starting quarterback next year? So we'll have all this... And more for you next with Rich Samini right here on 98.7 ESPN. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Bring in Rich Samini. We know he does a phenomenal job covering the Jets. He has his own podcast, Flight Deck. Hopefully uh, you, uh, you seek it out on all the various ways you can. Good morning, Rich. How are you? Good morning, Anita. How are you doing today? Good morning, Rich. I'm great. I'm 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 great. Better better than the Giants, that's for sure. Um, uh, by the well, way, this portion of the good. show is brought to you by Slowman's. Slowman's Home Security celebrating their 100th year anniversary. Call 1-800-ALARMY to protect your home and your family. With that being said, we just heard what Sal Powell had to say. Um, what are you hearing about the quarterback search for the for the Jets? Well, I think. Uh... Obviously, they're looking for a starter. I mean, they haven't come out and said that, but I think it's pretty easy to connect the dots. Zach Wilson's not going to be their starter starting the 23 season. I think something will happen soon because, uh, you know, the Derek Carr situation in Vegas has to be resolved by February 15th. 
they have to move him off their roster by then or else they get hit with a $40 million guarantee. Obviously, the Raiders want to move on and get someone else. Perhaps Tom Brady, as you alluded to, Anita, that seems to be a, a very good match for Tom Brady because of the coaching connection. But uh, so, yeah, I think I think the Jets will be interested in Carr. It's a matter of, you know, how much they're willing to pay, how much draft compensation they'd be willing to get up. I think he'd be a good get for them. Um, you know, Brady, I don't know if Tom Brady would be interested in the Jets. They don't even have a coordinator right now. Their offensive line is kind of in shambles. And so, um, you know, that's that's a big question. I think Miami is a name to throw out for Brady as well. Um, there were rumblings about that last year, too. It seems to be a little bit up in the air health-wise. But, uh, so I think Derek Carr is a possibility for the Jets, of, uh, a, like a realistic possibility. Now, the, the Aaron Rodgers rumors are out there. Uh, Adam Schefter saying yesterday that he thinks there's a real possibility that Rodgers gets moved this offseason. Would the Jets be interested? Boy, you know, Woody Johnson said he'd absolutely be willing, willing to spend big bucks on a quarterback this offseason. Well, Rodgers is the epitome of big bucks because he's got a, a $59 million uh, roster bonus that is due before the start of the season. So that is cash, you know, cash on the barrel. They'd have to pay that. So would you be willing to pay that for one, possibly two years of quarterback play, not to mention what you'd have to give up in draft compensation? That's a fascinating question. So as, as of right now, I think everything's on the table for the Jets, quarterback-wise. Rich, uh, good morning. Thanks for coming on. You, t- you touched on um, uh, the fact that they also need an offensive coordinator. Of those, those um, quarterback candidates that you mentioned, is there one that pairs better with a, a coordinator that, you, that they've already brought in to, to interview? Well, obviously, Nathaniel Hackett, you know, they interviewed him the other day. He, uh, you know, he spent three seasons in Green Bay, had a good relationship with Aaron Rodgers there. Hackett did not call the plays in Green Bay. We all know that Matt LaFleur calls the plays, but Hackett was intimately involved in the operation. And from everything I've heard, they had a good relationship, Hackett and Rodgers. So that's a connected dot situation. Um, You know, the Jets right now, I think uh, Salah has interviewed at least There are seven known candidates for this job. You know, he said he was going to cast a wide net, and he wasn't kidding. The name that emerged this morning, there was a report that they're going to interview Clint Kubiak this morning, of course, the son of uh, former NFL coach Gary Kubiak. And Zala has strong ties to the Kubiak family. He actually got his first start in the NFL under Gary Kubiak with the Texans. And so the obvious question becomes, could there be a father-son pairing with the Jets? maybe hire Clint as the OC and have Gary come on as like a senior assistant. And, you know, it's interesting. I know Salah actually made a run at Gary Kubiak last year for a senior position on the staff, but Gary's retired and he couldn't lure him out of retirement last year. And as of about a week ago, I think he was still pretty set on remaining retired. Maybe things have changed. I'm not sure, but that would be a really interesting pairing. Clint Kubiak was the Vikings offensive coordinator last year and then this year of course he was in that Denver situation which was really ugly with Hackett and Russell Wilson and they were ranked 32nd in offense so that wasn't a great situation but he's another name on the list. Again Rich Tamini joining us here on 98.7 ESPN here's here's what I, I is is confusing for me right and that is as we know, there's there's two different coaches, especially offensive coordinators in the NFL, right? And there's those that this is my system and this system has worked everywhere I've gone and this is the system I know. And so I'm going to come in and I'm going to implement this system regardless of what skill set 
you have drafted and, and you have spent in free agency and I'm going to plug these players in. And then there's coaches who come in and say, okay, let me take a good look at this roster. This, this wide receiver does this well. This wide receiver does this well. This is the type of running back. This is what the quarterback needs. He's better when he's throwing out of the pocket. He's not necessarily a pocket passer. And so now I'm going to create an offense um, that is best going to, you know, uh, put all these players in, in, in their best scenario and situation. So, uh, and, and, and if the, and if the Jets don't know who their starting quarterback is going to like, I just, I think the Jets need, in my opinion, right. I think the Jets need to figure out who's your starting quarterback going to be what you're and 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 then decide okay then what offensive coordinator can come in kind of like what we saw the Ravens do right Ravens went out they traded back in bottom of the first round they get Lamar Jackson and they revamped their entire offense that Joe Flacco right. did not fit in any longer right like to me that's how you do it that's how you find success agree or disagree gentlemen well, I would agree with that. I mean, Lamar is an extreme situation because he has such a unique skill set. I think the changes from other quarterbacks to coordinators are more subtle. But the problem the Jets are in right now, guys, I mean, they might not know who their quarterback is until mid-March when free agency starts. I mean, there's no guarantee they would get Derek Carr in a couple of weeks after the Super Bowl. I mean, there's a lot of teams in the quarterback market. I think I counted no fewer than eight teams that are going to be looking for a starting quarterback. So there's going to be competition. So there's no guarantee the Jets are going to get Derek Carr on February 15th. And if they don't, you're going to have to wait until mid-March. By then, they'll have an offensive coordinator. So there's a lot of moving parts for Robert Sala. He's really like a matchmaker right now. You know, he's got a – and there's some projection involved, as, as you alluded to, Anita. You know, you're trying to match – a system, a coordinator, and a quarterback, and it's not easy to do. It's it's moving targets, and it's a really difficult thing to do because uh, there's so many so many variables right now. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yeah, I, th- I think the you know the the best thing you need to the first thing you need to do is you need to get everybody into a system. So you need to, to start understanding what it is that their their expectations are. But you know when you talk about going after um, you know a big money quarterback, a, a veteran quarterback, now you're talking you're talking about he's going to have some control or influence or want to have some kind of say in the system that you implement. So it's a really it's a really tricky situation now that you you bring it up. Like you know waiting for, until mid March to get your you know your, your franchise quarterback that sets you back um, tremendously in terms of. Um, you know, preparation, you know, off-season preparation, things that the guys are doing on their own, um, you know, and, and, yeah. and trying to get ready. One, one point I'd like to make, let's just, I'm just spitballing here. So this is, I'm not saying this is going to happen. This is probably an extreme long shot, but say they get a guy like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they're not going to force Aaron Rodgers to, to learn an entirely new offense. They're, they're going to probably run what the Aaron Rodgers offense is. And, um, so they'll have to adjust on the fly there. I can't imagine uh, that Aaron would come to a place where at this stage of his career, they're going to say, look, here's a new playbook, Aaron. you got to learn this entirely new offense. It's a new language. 
you know, we want you to get it down in like a couple of months. Uh, I, I don't think that's going to happen. So I think we'd have yeah, to like make an very, adjustment. Like similar to what yeah. when Peyton Manning went to Denver, right? T- Peyton Manning went into Denver with that meeting, and he walked in that meeting with his playbook and said, okay, yeah, exactly. I'm signing yeah. here. Here's here's the playbook we're running. Um, yeah. Just out of curiosity, a, a few things, Rich, before we let you go. Number one, um, draft capital, uh, salary cap space, how aggressive, how good, how much better do you think this Jets team can get in free agency and in the draft? And with that being said, I would imagine, uh, like, so, so, you know, how how attractive is this for uh, as a landing spot for a quarterback like Derek Carr or like Aaron Rodgers? I'm glad you brought that up because it was one thing I forgot to say about the salary. So the salary cap, we mentioned how Rodgers would be like it's like fifty nine million, uh, you know, a, a bon- lump sum bonus hit this year. The Jets are at a, a different cap place than they were the last two years. The last couple of years they were like flowing in cap space, and this year they are not. As of right now, according to OverTheCap.com, which is a great place to get cap information, uh, they are actually over the cap. So they got to have to do a little bit, like a couple of million dollars over the cap, which is a very unusual place for the Jets to be. So they are not in a good cap place right now. So before the league year starts on March 15th, they're going to have to make some trims, roster trims. I mean, you're talking guys like Corey Davis, maybe a, maybe a Carl Lawson could be released that, that could get them some cap space. So if they were to get a quarterback like a, a Carr or a Rodgers who's going to bring with them like a, at least a $30 million cap charge, they're going to have to do some significant uh, movement with the contracts. Like C.J. Mosley, who's counting like $22 million on the cap, that would be a major renegotiation to try to get more cap room. So there'd be a lot of work for the Jets' uh, front office to be done to get that to get that done. And what would be attractive about the Jets? Well, I mean, right now, you know, they have a couple of really good skill players. You know, you got Garrett Wilson, who could be the Offensive Rookie of the Year. you got Brees Hall, who would have been in the running for Offensive Rookie of the Year had he stayed healthy. So you got two really good building blocks there. You're okay at tight end. You just have to convince the quarterback, whether it's Carr or, or Rodgers or Garoppolo, that they can get this offensive line fixed because the offensive line was, was badly injured and, and depleted by the end of the year. So there's a lot of convincing and, and repairing that needs to be done on that offensive line. Yeah, that was going to be my question. A lot of um, tension goes to the quarterback position, but um, you know, my question to you was going to be, what other needs do you feel need to be addressed this offseason? You know, in um, well, capital with the quarterback. Yeah, they're going to draft it. Yeah. I'd be willing to bet Kiwi that with the 13th pick in the draft, the Jets take a tackle. Um, you know, they have Makai Beckton. You know, it looks like he's lost a lot of weight. He looked good. He sounded good. Uh, but he hasn't played in two years. And he's coming off basically, he has got a twice repaired knee. And when you're that big and you got coming off two knee surgeries, you know, there's there's questions. You know, so I don't know how reliable he'll be, but, uh, you know, they're okay and they need a new center. I think Connor McGovern will probably move on in free agency. You've got two guards in AVT and Tomlinson, but you have to add a tackle. You have Max Mitchell coming back. Is he, is he a full-time starter? I don't know if they see him that way. Perhaps a guy who would be competing for a job. But, uh, yeah, I think they're going to draft a tackle. They have to get some young some young blood in, in this offensive line group because it, it got old last year. George Fant, another guy would probably move on in free agency. He, you know, he broke down towards the end of the year. Dwayne Brown 
he's still under contract, but he's going to be 38 years old. I can't see him coming back. I think they'll probably release him, and he could end up retiring. So much, much work to be done on this offensive line. Rich, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Really do appreciate it. Uh, great update and insight to, to what's going on with the Jets. It's going to be an interesting offseason. Thank you, my friend. I sure will. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Enjoy Rich. You got it. Rich Samedi again, Flight Deck is his podcast. Uh, When we come back, Vic Carucci is going to join us on the show. Vic uh, is part of the Buffalo Bills broadcast team. Let's, let's, uh, enough. It, it has not been a good marin- marinate. We've been marinating, unfortunately, in this Giants loss. Uh, let's let's turn our attention to uh, what is coming today, and that's two games, and hopefully there'll be two entertaining ones, two competitive ones. Uh, so the Bills going up against the Cincinnati Bengals, and Vic Carucci, who's part of the Bills uh, broadcast team, does the pre and post show, uh, joins us next, uh, of course, to uh, to give us a preview of this matchup. So stay tuned. We kick off hour number two of New York Game Day right here on 98.7 ESPN.